to episode 37 of the Night Talks podcast. I'm recording this episode for my car, so I need to apologize if you can hear like my indicator or if you can hear other cars driving and whizzing around me, plus that sort of white noise of when, when you're in the car anyways. Um, it is school holidays. I'm currently driving in towards the city. I'm working for Kids Co for this week. Um, it is a shorter week with the two public holidays there, um, but I thought, figured seeing that some people usually listen to these episodes of the podcast while driving um, or walking, I figured I might as well try to record one while I'm driving in towards work for the day. Before I continue, I will just a bit of a um, disclaimer that I am doing this hands-free, so I'm not holding my phone in my hand while I'm driving. I'm trying to do this as safely as possible, but I will apologize for the sound quality and the extra noise that you might hear in the background too. Not using the usual microphone and speaker system that I normally would record the podcast with. Um, I'm actually not even sure if this is recording through my phone microphone, so the microphone that's on my phone, or whether it's using the microphone in, in my car. Firstly, Kids Co, if you're not sure what that is, there was an episode I did with Tess, who is uh, one of the managers or one of the um, coordinators of, of the program, but what Kids Co is, is they run holiday programs. I think they are venturing into some after school care programs, but they started off running holiday programs for corporate companies, so they would approach the companies, um, and it sort of worked two ways, where the corporate companies, the employees wouldn't have to take leave um, during the school holidays and potentially not be able to work or have to work from home. Um, and kids go go in and they'll use usually like an office space or a meeting room or a boardroom or something alike and run engaging programs for their kids um, of the employees. So it is a really good um really good program for for those people that need to work those busier holidays um, and their kids are still engaged and doing something hopefully fun for them Uh, but I know from my point of view it is really fun and really engaging to be running programs with these kids it's a good experience for myself as well to sort of um, see a different sort of side of the education system while it's not education per se like your traditional classrooms it is um, a lot of the activities that we run in these programs are tied to the curriculum uh, but it's also good just meeting a range of different kids as well Um, our programs normally range from an age group of about prep all the way through to about grade six it's usually the younger kids i find Um, some parents might be a little more comfortable leaving the older kids at home or potentially even at home with an older sibling during during those holidays Um, i won't mention what company i'm working for but some of the companies that some of the corporate companies that i've worked for in the past are I'm always really impressed with sort of their suite. I don't know why I'm so impressed. It's sort of just very similar to what you would see in like um, an American movie or American TV show where there's just walls of like desks and computers and everything, but also the other side of it too. Um, These corporate companies really do seem to facilitate well for their employees. They often have um, like a kitchen or a cafe set up where staff can get meals and stuff a lot of times the 
companies provide breakfast or some sort of morning tea or afternoon snack for their employees too. Uh, it's really interesting too, seeing as obviously we're coming out of a couple of years of COVID interrupted working. Um, some of these corporate companies, even this year, are still pretty empty inside of their buildings and whatnot, but I think they're slowly starting to build back up into uh, a bit more normality. I will also explain that I am, as I'm recording this in my car, it might stop, um, cut and stop and whatnot, just as I will be recording this in a few different parts. So I'm sorry if the, uh, what am I looking for, the continuity of, of the episode and the discussion isn't as um, free-flowing as usual. For these holidays, or for this week I should say, it's not even really a week, it's only about three three days for the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I've been staying at my brother's house who lives in um, Surrey Hills, which I'd never heard of the, the area until he moved there. But uh, it's a real quiet area, a real nice area, but that's about half an hour drive from where I'm staying to where I'm working. Um, and this week, and even the last time I did this in the last school holidays, has made me really realize that I don't think I could hack it living in the city. Um, or living in Melbourne suburbs. Um, I would obviously, I'd, I hope I would adapt, but just the drive and the commute um, into work would, would do me nuts. I've realised this week particularly that um, there's about, I find, and I asked my brother this the other day too, I find there's about a 10 minute sort of leeway period where you will either miss or hit severe, <laughs> severe, I say that like it's nuts, it's actually not too bad, but where you'll hit a bit of traffic along along the Monash freeway. For instance, the other day, I, the first morning I left at 7.30 and got there um, well before the time I needed to be after a bit of confusion of where I was working. But then yesterday morning or the second morning, I, um, I left at about 22 and the, which was only a 10 minutes, 10 minutes after the, the first time I left and the traffic along the freeway was ridiculous but bloody listen listen to me being a country country slacker um, complaining about the city life you know like the traffic where usually on a good day at back at where I where I live in Gippsland it takes me about four minutes to drive from my house into work with very little traffic so just a little bit of the differences I guess that I've noticed um, but yeah I, I honestly don't think I'd be able to do it or hack it for an extended period of time living in Melbourne and driving 20 minutes into work every day with the traffic. I also find there's a big difference between driving 20 minutes in slow traffic where you're going 30 kilometres over a stretch of road compared to driving 20 minutes um, on freeway driving doing 80 to 100 kilometres you know. It is a holiday period which is why I'm working for Kids Co again up in up in Melbourne. Um, it's been a crazy term. Did an episode earlier this term and I thought it was busy then but it just got progressively busier as the term went on. Um, I remember saying that term three is usually the time where you can knuckle down and really get into your teaching and the curriculum but I find that some sometimes because we know that it is a longer term without any public holidays that that's when all the events get um, put on. I know our school particularly had a lot of events throughout the term um, not just in the cohort but also across 
the whole school, which is great because I think um, those events are what kids will remember long after what they um, remember about their learning. But it just adds to the chaos of what is a um, primary or a school education setting. It's been a good term though. Um, we finished off really well. We had a footy colours day at the end of our term, which was great. We were raising funds for a charity um, supporting kids who unfortunately get cancer and trying to sort of keep them in into schools and keep keep um, educating them while they're hopefully on the winning battle of, of their sickness. But um, that was a great chance just to um, relax and unwind after what was a busy term. It was the second term in a row that um, our school did a whole school event on the last day of term, which for me personally, I think it's been great because... Um, it just stops teachers or stops kids, I should say, from sitting there on the last day of term just watching a movie and sort of doing, um, I don't want to say, but time fillers or time-wasting activities. It, it's a chance for them to get out and be active. Like last term, at the end of last term, term two, we did a jump rope for heart day, which was great. Um, the whole school split off into areas and into small groups and participated in skipping related activities which was awesome and I sort of um, or our school sort of structured it's very similar this term for the footy colours day where they were split off into areas and within their groups they were doing on a rotational basis um, football related activities it was a great way to end the term there was also a teachers versus students um, footy match as well which um, if you know me, I'm really, really competitive, but it is good fun to get up more, more so against the, some of the older students, um, some of the older boys who think they're it and the bit and sort of just show them how, how young they are and, um, sort of just bragging rights, I guess, in the end. Um, but no, nah, it's been a good term. I am looking forward to the holidays. Like I said, I've got this week work or the three days this week and then probably more of a relaxed holiday break, um, sort of rewind after what was, as I've said a few times now, a busy term um, and sort of prepare for what's going to be a monster term for. I, I actually can't believe um, that we've gotten this far into the year after two years of so much interrupted teaching and learning that we've gotten this far into this year without a serious or, or without any remote learning, you know, like we've been at school for three full terms and that just hasn't happened in the last couple of years. I know my kids, um, my cohort or my class this year, uh, their first normal year of school was in prep, so in 2019 where they experienced the full year normally as, as you would expect, but then year twos this year, um, this is probably the longest, or this is definitely the longest period of time that they've been at school for without any interruptions of remote learning. And I think it's had a bit of a toll on the kids. I know my kids were a little, not, uh, probably their tolerance and their resilience probably showed a little less in towards the end of the term. Um, I've found that some kids were a little less resilient with problems. Um, they were getting a little more uh, or they were getting upset easier, I guess. Um, had some some groups of friends sort of have little tears and little um, bits of conflict and also the tolerance as well, you know. Um, and I purely think that that's just from uh, fatigue and sort of that extended period of, um, like, just this block, you know, this three terms without 
any remote learning. It's definitely had a big toll on them in, in that sort of social-emotional space. This time of year, I remember thinking back to when I was in fourth, in my fourth year of uni. This time of year was a year where it sort of really started to ramp up, um, not only for uni coming towards the end of our um, degree. I know there was probably, I think I had about five, I want to say I had about five assignments in the last five weeks of um, the semester of my fourth year, but also to add on top of that was the pressures or the stresses more so maybe of trying to secure my first contractor teaching job. I know some people are going through that at the moment and it can be a stressful time, you know, like for some people this may be the first time they've ever had to do an interview for, for a job. Um, for me, I know it was uh, not the first time I'd had to do an interview, but um, it would be the first time I interviewed and got a job. I'd done previous interviews in the past, um, just through high school and whatnot, and I, was, I wasn't successful. Like, um, I, when I was in year 10 and year 11, my, even probably as far back as year 9, um, I was wanting to pick up an electrical apprenticeship, and unfortunately, look, that just didn't work um, for reasons that I, I won't go into, but... Um, I had a few interviews with a few various companies and I just wasn't successful. Like, I had a few jobs for uh, interviews, sorry, for apprenticeships and the trade is a little bit different as you sort of go up into trying to get a job. Some, some businesses or companies will um, expect you to do an aptitude test, so a test just to see what your literacy and numeracy um, is like, but there's always like physics um, questions in there too for elect for electrical apprenticeships because a lot of what they do is around that sort of stuff um and yeah unfortunately I never never got through on them um they don't I don't actually remember if they even gave me my score for the aptitude test but um I was never successful in that process um so yeah going into an interview for a contractor teaching job was a little daunting for me because as I said I'd never actually done an interview where I was successful in getting the job so for me um, I remember there was a lot of stress or a lot of pressure probably more so placed on myself to get a job um, I wouldn't say I was always confident that I would get a job but I wasn't um, I was pretty confident that I would wound up somewhere I just wasn't sure where that was for me interviewing is a really um, uncomfortable sort of thing for me. I know I don't particularly like to talk about myself in that light. Um, as far as what I'm good about, uh, what what I'm good at, I should say. Sorry, I don't like talking myself up, um, despite what some people might think. It it is really uncomfortable for me. I would much rather be on the other side and talking and finding out. Um, about other people rather than trying to talk about myself. So for me, the interview process is really um, quite challenging because, as I said, I don't like to talk about myself um, in that light. But um, I know for some people that it, it is very similar. They're uncomfortable for other reasons, you know, whether it be that it's just daunting to be in front of three other people, sometimes three people you don't know, sometimes you some that you do know. Um, it can be a very daunting and challenging sort of task for someone so my advice not sure I have any advice for interviewing but I would just make sure that you uh, 
um, sit in a confident position. Um, if you sort of sit slouched down, um, that's how you'll feel. So if you sit upright um, and sit in a more confident pose, you're more likely, as research would say, to be confident and speak confidently about what you're talking about. Other than that, I can't really give too much advice. I don't think I'm in a position for that. Uh, but even the writing of the application can be challenging. You know, like sometimes uh, for part-time jobs, I know you wouldn't have as much of a in-depth sort of application or resume as, as such. But the key selection criteria is probably the most um, involved or the most work going into writing that part of your application and your resume. The things that I was told in my fourth year for that is keep it at a page, you know, like some, I've seen some or I've read some resumes where they go, one key selection criteria goes over two and a half, three pages, you know, and I know for someone reading an application, you don't want to spend two hours reading one application, like that's just nuts. Um, so keep it short, but keep it specific as well, you know, make sure that you're outlining the, um, the situation, your response, um, and I think importantly, the outcome. And I don't think you always need to have a positive outcome or an example on your key selection criteria with a positive outcome. I think sometimes you can um, see just as much about someone's character and someone's personality by how they respond when something they've implemented or something they've done hasn't turned out positively or hasn't been met with the success that the person would want. I think sometimes you can see more about somebody about how they react to when, um, I don't want to say it, but when they fail or when it doesn't go according to plan. So they're probably the two bits that I would suggest. Uh, but look, everyone's different as well. You know, some people are much more confident in talking about themselves in an interview. Some people are much more experienced about writing um, key selection criteria. Some people write it differently. But I know for me, I like reading ones um, from a point of being on an interview panel. I like reading ones where they're specific about what they've done, they've outlined um, how it's turned out as well, and they've been clear on what the situation was. Sorry about that. I just came out of the of the tunnel. So the sound in there, I don't know what it's going to sound like when I go back to listen to this, but um, the sound in the tunnel was awfully loud, so I thought I'd stop. Um, but what, what I was saying was um, about your key selection criteria, that's obviously really, really important because that's what um, they're going to read to potentially interview off, interview you off. So um, I think you really need to be specific in that. And look, some people, as I've mentioned, that won't want as much specificity of it but I think the more specific you can be about the situation um, what you implemented or what you did and then the outcome I think you'll be in a really good position and keep it short too so no more than a page um, that, that's what I was told and that's what I sort of try to stick by as well um, I remember as well when applying there was one instance where there was a position at a school and the school had a whole heap of I think they had, might have had about four different graduate positions at the time so I mistakenly made or mistakenly made I made the mistake of only applying for one of them so I don't know if it was the case or whatnot but I was told at the time that they could only interview me or they could only give me the 
um, position that I applied for. So they suggested if there's a school that has, say, multiple um, graduate positions or multiple positions just to apply for them all because otherwise they can only give you the one that you've applied for, which might be one that somebody's already in. I think I think that's how it might work but um, my other piece of little advice would be just to if there's a school with multiple graduate positions or multiple positions just to apply for them all because um, yeah from from my mistake that that's what I would be doing another thing that um, and I'm sorry I'm going all over the place here but going back to before you even decide to apply for a school we were told at uni in, in our fourth year to go and see the school, to ring up before you apply or when, when you see a position advertised on wherever, to ring up the school, chat to whoever's listed as a contact there and try to go in and have a look around at the school, get them to see if they'll do like a walkthrough or um, a, a tour of the school because that's really important to feeling or getting a sense of what the school's like. Not only is it important to get a sense of what the school's like, but you'll also find out little bits about the school that may potentially be helpful um, in writing up your application or even in the interview process. Um, and for me, I know that's really stuck true because I've, um, for the schools that I applied for in my fourth year before grabbing a position, I made sure to go and look at all of them um, to get a sense of what the school program's like, what they do as a school, um, and whatnot, because that's the school that you're going to be working in, and then if you can't see yourself working in a school, or if you, um, your values don't align up perfectly with what the school does, or what you like about a position, or what you like about teaching doesn't line up with that school and their values, well then, at the end of the day, it's not going to be a good fit for you. And that's not to say that schools are good nor bad, just sometimes a school's programs or the way a school operates um, won't align with what you value and how you like to go about teaching. So it is. I do think it's important um, to go have a look at the school um, and it's good just for networking too, you know. Like um, I went and looked at the school that I'm currently at before I applied for it and I met the, he was the AP at the time and is now the print and um, that sort of even just started that sort of um, connection, that relationship which would turn into a working relationship but it was good to also just see the school and um, really feel what what it's, what it's like I guess. Alright so I'm about to pull up to where I'm working for the day but I'll be back in a little bit and we'll um, continue this episode. So I'm back from work today, back in the car, making the trip back to uh, where I'm staying, which is my brother's. Uh, for those of you wondering, or if you um, just joined us, I am recording this podcast from my car. Yes, I am doing it hands-free, so doing it as safely as I can. Um, and if you're wondering why there's so much noise, it's because it is currently about 5.30 and I'm sitting on the highway um, in the middle of some pretty busy traffic. I think everyone's trying to get either into the city or out of the city back home for the um, extra long weekend. Uh, it's been a pretty good day today. The theme today was sustainability. Joe and I, who I've been working with this week, um, didn't. <laughs> I don't actually think we introduced the... Um, theme as sustainability but we built some go-karts which was cool um some of the kids 
uh, we sort of pitched it to the kids as a bit of a team building sort of exercise and a bit of a challenge um, and the kids really got right involved in that and surprisingly they worked really well um, it was great to see because there's such a range of um, not only ages but abilities as well uh, we've got kids from prep all the way to um, year five we sort of mixed them up a little bit to make sure that there were some older kids in each of the two groups and they worked really well um, together to build the go-kart then we decorated it and we actually raced it down um, a slight hill I'm not gonna it's probably not even a hill to be honest with you it was a slight decline and there were a couple stacks and no no grazed knees or anything but a few kids were left a little spooked after they um, almost tipped it or ran into something we also had a girl um, I'm actually spewing I, I don't know what the um, the company was but it's like a science works mob I would imagine and she came to talk to the kids about gravity and forces which was really cool a um, couple really short quick experiments and a few toys to sort of demonstrate the way forces work um, and how gravity holds us down and all those sort of things which is really good some of the kids were really engaged with that and I was really surprised with um, a couple of kids knowledge on physics and gravity and forces and all that sort of stuff that you would see in science um, it sort of shows that they're quite interested in that and for uh, I think he, the kid was in year five and he was actually pretty knowledgeable which was awesome to see apologies again I just went under the um, the tunnel so I thought I'd probably best with the echoiness in that tunnel not to um, continue talking and recording the podcast um, so earlier we were talking about or earlier I was talking about um, the job interview and the application process and all that um, as we are getting into that sort of pointy end of the year where schools are starting to work out their staffing for the following year and jobs are starting to be advertised so if you're a fourth year you're probably looking out for grad positions um, if you're a first year teacher um, you're probably either looking at being rolled over or applying for reapplying for your position um, either way good luck to everyone out there in those positions um, congratulations well done to those teachers that have also been rolled on to ongoing that's a huge achievement um, and it is pretty tough these days to get an ongoing position uh, one thing I remember from when I was being interviewed or when I went through a few interviews was um, I went to do one at a school and I did everything that I was recommended to us by our uni lecturers which was like to call up the school, go have a look at the school, um, meet the principal or whoever's in contact of uh, the graduate program and the application process and the interview process and all that. So I did all that, um, it was a, another male and I felt like I got along with him pretty well. He had connections to the soccer club I grew up playing for. Um, he remembered a few of the other people from the soccer club and we got talking about football and soccer and all, all the rest of it. Um, and I felt like I got along really well with him um, and then I went into the interview and he, um, I don't remember if he was on the interview panel or not. I don't think he was, but I remember walking into that interview and I was sweating, sweating heaps. Like it was um, my first proper interview in probably the better part of six years and I was just a nervous wreck. Um, I thought I'd prepared pretty well, but as soon as I walked into that, all my memory um, and everything I'd prepared for and things I was going to say just 
flew out of my mind, like they just weren't there anymore and I was sort of a little overwhelmed, sort of stumbled my way through the interview a bit um, and I remember walking out and not feeling very confident and I had to go back to the school I was working at and I remember the relief when I got back to um, the school that I was working at and just thinking, oh, I'm so glad that's over. I wasn't very hopeful about getting the position, I uh, would have loved to have worked at that school but um, a few days later, I think it might have been about a week or so, um, got an email from the recruitment online that said, sorry, you unfortunately weren't um, offered the job, blah, blah, blah. And I remember even at the bottom it said who got the job. And I remember thinking, oh, well, good on them. And I just happened to know the person as well. So that was a little um, disappointing, but I wasn't um, overly overly disappointed or disheartened about prospects of getting a job either. I was pretty confident that I'll get one. Um, I just wasn't sure exactly where, where that would be. Position I did end up getting, I remember I walked in again, did the whole thing, went and looked at the school, went and met the assistant principal at the time, um, another male, chatted with him, um, showed me around the school, met a couple other teachers. It was in the middle of the holidays, I think. It might have been maybe grand final weekend or around that time. And it was either a Saturday, or it must have been a Saturday, or it, might, or it was in the holiday, so I'm, I can't remember exactly what day it was, but there were a few other teachers floating around the school just doing work and bits and pieces and walked in and met a couple of them. Um, and I just remember thinking about the school, the size of the school um, in terms of students, but also in terms of the site. And I just thought, how is this school managed? Like there's so many kids and the site's relatively small. Um, turned out, managed to get an interview from that place. And I, again, remember walking in and a little daunting. They, um, the, the ladies in the office sort of showed me a little sort of a, study nook almost um, that led into the office foyer and I remember sitting there and thinking shit I'm here I am grown grown man sitting here feeling like I'm the naughty kid at school that's waiting for the principal to scold me for something that I've done in the yard or in the classroom and um, other teachers walking past and here I was just sitting there a little embarrassed um, and I think that threw me off a little bit in the interview as well um, one thing I haven't mentioned is you you will normally or you should get 10 to 15 minutes where you'll get the and or the questions and you can jot down some notes and whatnot. So went in and did that and again as soon as I walked in to the interview, everything that I prepared in my mind and things I was gonna say just left me and I sort of I feel like I stumbled through the interview, but I've left that interview feeling a little bit more confident, um, a little bit better about my um, hopes of getting the job. This was a graduate one where the first interview I did was, I believe, a classroom position. So there is a little bit different. Graduates can apply for classroom teacher roles or positions, I should say, but I don't think, or actually, classroom teachers can't apply for graduates unless you're a graduate. So. Um, it's always nerve-wracking. You get through your interview, and as I was walking out, and I saw a couple other um, fourth-year students that I went to uni with walk in, and I, I knew they were applying for the same position. From memory, I want to say there was just one graduate position, so I don't know how many interviews they um, got through, but um, when I walked out, obviously the formalities of, oh, thanks for coming in, um, we'll give you a call in a couple days, and that was it, you know? Um, I think they wanted to wrap the process up pretty quickly as they would normally say to you. Um, and 
that must have been a Thursday, and it got to Friday afternoon. Um, I was again working at, at a school, and it got to maybe about quarter to four. And the school I was working at we used to have um, a couple of quiet beers and a cheeky game of ping pong on a Friday afternoon. And we'd had done that. We'd normally leave work about four, quarter past four after um, the beer and a quick game. And as I was leaving, my phone rang and my phone was um, on silent. So I didn't actually, um, for whatever for whatever chance or whatever, I just happened to be holding my phone and looked at it. It was a number that I didn't recognize. Um, it was a Trailgan number. And I just answered it, and there on the other end was the um, the AP that I'd met earlier, uh, a few weeks prior, and had on the interview panel, and he offered me the job, and I remember thinking, wow, I can't believe here I am, just had a beer, finished work for the weekend, I've just been offered a job, and it just was such a relief in a way, but also... Um, I felt a little bit proud of myself. Bit of just validation and bit of satisfaction to know that um, I had gotten a job, still relatively early, um, and yeah, it was it was a big relief for me. They did say um, sort of keep it quiet. There's a I don't know what it's called, like a grace period where they um, any any unsuccessful applicants you can actually challenge if you think you were unfairly. Um, interviewed or unfairly done in, in the whole process itself and they say keep it quiet, keep it to yourself but I think the first person I rang was um, mum or dad, it might have been dad because mum's shocking at answering her phone but then a rush of just a feeling washed over me that I thought shit there are some people that I'm at uni with that haven't gotten a job, some people I went to uni that were applying for the same job as me um, and because I had gotten it gotten it it meant that they obviously had not so I sort of was um, walking on eggshells for a couple of weeks sort of kept it a little bit quiet to myself didn't tell uh, many people at all because I didn't want to um, be the person that upset anyone but I also didn't want people thinking that I was sort of um, top shit or up myself or whatever way you want to look at it so sort of kept that a little bit quiet to myself and then um, a few months or might have been a month down the track uh, all of us group uh, group of friends at uni sort of met, had our last class, had a few beers and we all sort of just chatted about uh, what jobs we gotten and I think from memory most of us, it probably would have been a group of oh, maybe 15 or so and I'm going to say a majority of us had been successful in getting a job um, in probably our local areas so that was a really good relief um, and it was a nice way to sort of finish four years of uni and know that I had already had a job for the following year. It can be a bit of a daunting a bit of a stressful sort of time especially for fourth years or people that need to reapply for their positions and I do feel for them. Um, if you're like me and thinking that the interview process is really challenging and something that you find difficult, I would suggest if you can be on an interview, be on an interview panel yourself. Um, they, I know the school that I'm currently at encourage um, teachers to put their hands up to be on interview panels uh, every time there's a position advertised and. Personally, I think that's the best way to get the experience because not only are you sitting on the interview panel on the other side of the table asking people um, the questions, you're also involved in reading the application. So 
you can sort of not not take exactly what people have written, but sort of help it shape the way that you want it, yours to be set out and the way you want yours to be written. And for me, again, it sort of allows me to see what things I don't particularly like in a um, application or a resume, and then I sort of steer away from that or word it um, a different way or set it out a different way. Not not to say that um, there's a right way or a wrong way to do an application, but um, for me, I know what I like in the application, and that's sort of the way I like to then go about writing or creating um, mine. Interview panels are a really good um, thing to be on as well. I've been on a couple interview panels myself. I always leave interviews knowing what I liked about the applications, um, sorry, and what I liked about the way they interviewed. Um, I always sort of, sort of subtly take note of the way they are an interview. You can usually gather when people are a little bit nervous and rightfully so. So um, a big part of being on an interview panel is trying to calm them down and uh, create like a relaxed environment. So the interviewee can um, present their or put their best foot forward and sort of give the best interview for them because at the end of the day they're looking for a job but um, the school and the interview panel are looking for the best candidate and you don't want the best candidate to be a nervous wreck and not um, impressed or not um, interview to their full potential so you can see exactly how they are because um, you might miss a really, really good teacher in the process. So a big part of being on the interview panel is obviously creating that safe, comfortable environment. And most interview panels I've been on, um, whoever's sort of led the panel, they've always said, um, look, we just want this to be a bit of a discussion more than an interview um, because it is daunting sitting um, on the one side with three potentially four or five interview um, panel people and it, it is daunting so uh, that's the way I like to approach it when I'm on a panel myself and like I said you sort of pick up a few not tricks but you sort of learn what um, good interviewees do people that interview well what they do well and you sort of get a real sense of why they've done it well and then you can hopefully um, learn a thing or two as well as choose the best candidate for the position Look, I might end it there, but um, I, again, apologise for the um, audio quality. It's not as good as it usually is, I understand that. Um, it is being recorded as I'm currently sitting in the middle of traffic um, on the freeway, trying to head back to where I'm staying. Um, but thank you for tuning in. Um, it has been a few while since I've had a podcast or released a couple episodes, but I actually bumped into an old friend of mine who's um, currently teaching as well. We worked at the pub together and hopefully we can, um, I'll chat to her and hopefully we can um, tee up a chance to sit down and record an episode ourselves, um, record an episode for the podcast. I actually bumped into someone the other day, um, an old friend of mine at, down at the pub of all places, and she's currently studying, or she's currently teaching, I should say, sorry, um, and we'll hopefully get a chance to sit down and record an episode together. Uh, we go back many, many years, and it'll be a good chance to have a chat, talk some shits, share some stories, and um, just share her story as well. So that one's coming. Um, there's another person in the space, education space that I 
there's someone else in the education space that I respect greatly as well, and I've uh, been in communication with her to hopefully get her on for an episode too, which I think would be a great one. She's done some great work in various fields and initiatives through the department, so I'm excited to talk to her. And yeah, it's been um, a while, but hopefully there's a few new episodes coming. For those listening, thanks again for all the support. It means a lot to me. It's great to know that people are tuning in um, and the feedback and the comments that people are messaging me or giving me when I see them is awesome as well. So thank you and we'll talk to you guys later.